All right, uh, lots happening uh, in and around. Big day tomorrow, primary day, as we've been uh, focusing on it uh, for the last week or so. And uh, the next individual is in a big race of his own, talking about Congressional District Number 2. And we're talking about the GOP side of things. He's in a big battle, and uh, we welcome him. You heard him last week on the Vets segment. Did a great job in the proclamation and everything else uh, to the staff sergeant there. Great stuff from Mike LaPetri, and we welcome him on this Monday morning. Mr. Assemblyman, thanks for coming on with us. Uh, happy to be back, Jay. Happy to be back. Great to have you here. CD2, uh, it has been a battle, and boy, I tell you, the ailments out there, pandemic and all. Uh, give me a little bit of a timeline, Mike, as far as when you threw your hat into the ring and why and what you hope to accomplish here. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I threw my hat in the ring January 1. P. King retired on veteran or announced his retirement on Veterans Day last year and uh, got my team together. And January 1 of this year, we announced our uh, intention to succeed him in this Republican uh, in this election. And now we have a big primary tomorrow, June 23rd, to make sure we have the right advocate there. I mean, I've been I've been an advocate for the people of Long Island, speaking out on the issues, saying it like it is and not being afraid to shake things up if it's right for Long Islanders. And that's what we need now more than ever is that type of political courage and wherewithal to withstand uh, the establishment, not intimidate, not be intimidated from uh, the swamp down in D.C. And really someone's going to stand up to Nancy Pelosi. And not just words. I'm talking about through straight action. And so for me, I, th- I thought to myself that we are the best guy. The assembly district I represent now overlaps 100% within this congressional district, both Nassau and Suffolk County, just like Congressman King's district. And now more than ever, uh, we need to make sure we're going to have people that are going to truly step up for us. And that's why I wanted to give us a bigger voice. You know, my grandfather always said to me, I don't come from a political family. I don't come from a wealthy family. Uh, for me, it was about making a difference. If you want to get, if you want to make a difference, you have to get involved. Yeah, Mike LaPetri, 9th District. You know, you've been very aggressive uh, throughout uh, the uh, entire process. Uh, even. Within the confines of the assembly, we can get into that a little bit as well. Uh, what has propelled you, even though the GOP kind of made it very clear as far as your opponent uh, in this one, Mike, uh, they made it pretty clear who they're kind of putting all their chips, let's say, next to. But what what has propelled you to say, you know what, that's fine, but, you know, it's all about choices during election time. That's why I'm kind of putting myself out there. I'm sure that played into the thinking, too, you know. I just wanted people to have a decision. I mean, I don't like the fact – I never was the, the fan of uh, just having a hand-picked nominee as a result of a backroom deal. I mean, my opponent is the son of the ISA party boss in the town of ISA. So that says enough, frankly, for me. And I think those days are over where we're allowing nepotism to prevail. You know, for Republicans, we believe hard work and effort are the keys to success. And so I believe in a meritocracy, and I believe that the people should be able to decide, who do I want as my representative? Someone that's been there, done that, that's worked hard, that comes from a background just like me, with my mother was a nurse, my father worked in a utility company. I mean, many of my family members are in law enforcement, unions, teachers, nurses. I mean, that's my background. So for me, I said, if we're going to be a representative, shouldn't that representative mirror the district? And that's exactly what this district is, only from Levittown out to Ronkonkoma, Bayport, uh, out east. I mean, you need to have someone that's going to be a mirror image of that, that they understand the trials and tribulations that people are going through. And then when they represent the people, they, get, they can actually connect with them, someone that's accessible. 
transparent, accountable. That's all me. So what it comes down to is, am I going to just sit there and stand by? In which case, I'm no, I'm no better than what I've said because I've spoken up and said, I'm not going to allow atrocities to occur and then do nothing about it. And I've done that as assemblyman where I've stepped up and led by action. And so now I'm going to do it again. Otherwise, if I don't, then I'm just a hypocrite. I can't stand to see that. And let me just dispel a notion, too. My opponent right now likes to say that I've worked for Bill de Blasio, which is just palpably untrue. I worked for the New York City Corporation Council, where I defended police, firefighters, and correctional officers before becoming an assemblyman, taking out an AOC Democrat-backed incumbent to become an assemblyman. I've already defeated one of these radical leftists, and now I'm going to go forward after I win this primary tomorrow, continue to keep this seat in Republican hands. So but my opponent to say that as a city employee, I work for Bill de Blasio is completely misleading, completely misleading uh, the public. And it's just so sad where it shows it just really exhibits desperate attempts to try to uh, destroy me. And frankly, it's about doing what's right. And the people need to know the truth. The people need to have a real leader that's going to stand by them and do what's best for them instead of playing a game of politics. Boy, the ultimate insult. Every time somebody mentions uh, the word de Blasio on this program, it's like the old Abbott and Costello bit. The Susquehanna Hat Company. Le Petri, don't kick me off now. Be careful. Be careful, sir. Certainly <laughs> Mike Le Petri, CD2. You know, I, I think of Pete King, you know, the iconic Pete King, right? 14 terms. We've had him on this show so many times. I go back to King, uh, gosh, almost 20 years myself. Um, you know, you look at big shoes to fill there, Mike. Um, you know, I, I got a sense... I got a sense there's a lot of frustration in the decision that that led the congressman to say, you know what, I've had enough. But he's had a great career. And I think part of that frustration is what he sees right now in this new day and age. You know, this this divide that we see on all fronts, the national stage. We see it in the state. We see it locally here on Long Island. You know, I'm, I'm just wondering how much it played into the thinking as far as kind of hanging him up. What about the LePetri voice? You go on tomorrow, you get a win. You go to the general election, you get a win. How are you going to change that? How are you going to yeah, change that's... the culture of what we're seeing right now? Because quite frankly, we're so divided, we can't get anything done. It's so evident of that. How do you expect to change that? But, Jay, you're, this, is the, this is why we need that political courage. Because you're just hearing in the media this one-sided narrative. You're hearing that police are... Uh, bad and that uh, Black Lives Matter and that it's one versus the other. And just weeks ago, think about this, Jay, just weeks ago, police were hailed as heroes. Just weeks ago, our first responders were championed for being out there, keeping our communities safe, saving lives, protecting victims during this pandemic of COVID-19. But now, now because you had this one evil person that killed George Floyd, and God rest his soul, but come on, you have to also understand that we have to look at this in the totality of the circumstances, a macro level. You cannot cast a broad brush against all police force. You cannot say defund the police and expect that our communities will continue to be safe. You cannot say one thing and then expect another. And so for what's mo most important is speaking out on behalf of Long Islanders, because the Long Islanders, we care about law and order. We support its fair application. We are with our police. But we as leaders, we as leaders, 
must speak out and allow both sides to have their dialogue. Differing interests are the hallmark to a democratic society. And when you're only hearing one side that is silencing another, what you are doing is causing the majority of the American citizens to capitulate out of fear of retribution, out of fear of attack, and out of fear of uh, true bullying. And so for me, my job as representative is to stand up to those bullies who wish to silence by casting aspersions or ad hominem attacks. And instead, as a representative, your duty is to endure those attacks because at the end of the day, your, do, your job, your responsibility is to your congressional district, your congressional district. And so if I'm speaking out for the people, then I'm doing my job. I don't care the, the hits I take. I don't care the battles I, the battles I endure. At the end of the day, my job is to make sure New York, too, has a voice. And that's what the people deserve. And that's how you start uniting, because now you're having your other side to say, this is where we stand. This is our view. You impose that reasonableness. You say, what you're saying, is that reasonable? It is not. So let's talk about what you want to do. Let's talk about what you want to address. And let's look at the empirical evidence to see if it actually supports your claim. Many of it does not. Many of it does not. Whatever it does, we can then try to find a compromise and agreement to do what's best for the people. But until then, stage step one is making sure there's a voice on both sides of the dialogue, not just one. Well, that is key. And and I say that because I didn't like what I saw two weeks ago in Albany. You know, the closing of chamber doors and signing up and, and putting an executive order in place, stripping a 50A. Mike, you know what I'm talking about. With the police, yeah. I mean, defunding, uh, you know, you look at what's happening in, in and around New York City the last couple of weeks. The police commissioner himself, Dermot Shea, uh, you know, it, it, dozens of shootings. Many times the number in the same week a year ago. You know, I, I look at Correct. everything. I, I just hope we're not in for another Chicago year, for crying out loud. The I mean, disbanding of the plainclothes anti-crime units. I mean, uh, listen, it's a little scary right now. You talk about a voice. And we talk about a division here and the ramifications and the actualities of what we have seen in the last couple of weeks. And especially when I look upon Albany and what they did on that 58 deal and the civil rights of police officers, my goodness, uh, that's something that's permeating. uh, And again, it's got to be stopped, I I would think, in your mind. No. Yeah, I mean, Jay, one of the big things. One of the big things about me was as a state legislator, I was the only, the only state legislator on Long Island that had the fortitude to vote against all these anti-police bills in Albany. I was the only one. And even the Suffolk County PBA recognized me and thanked me for standing up, speaking out on the floor, voting my voting record, all demonstrates that I've stood with law enforcement because I recognize that you cannot fall in case this political pressure that you're seeing. If you truly are with law enforcement, then you better demonstrate that by your record. And I'm the only person in this race that has demonstrated that. And that actually has truly led by action and not just words. So, I mean, we need we need these people to step up for us. I mean, I got it. I said, I've spoken with family. They were alerting me to that. They work in the NYPD, and they're alerting me that just this past weekend, they're showing me the, the numbers of murders. Counts equal to that of last year's Murders within a week was done in a day just this past weekend. Think about that, Jay. What, are you, what, what message are you sending 
to our youth? What message are you sending to criminals? What message are you sending to law-abiding Americans? You play by the rules, you get pushed aside and forgotten. If you're the criminal, you're emboldened. No, no, that's not how this country works. That's well, not how this so, country works. So, so am, I right, am I right to assume, Mike, that you were not a big fan of uh, a couple of Mets tickets handing out, handed out to criminals uh, for Mets them to want to get back oh into the court God. system? You, you were not a big fan of that, sir, then? No, no, not a big fan. I've been a, a leading voice. Uh, against that, the cash bail elimination, you know, appearing on right. Fox News, Just to make that uh, clear. Fox and Friends, all that, yeah, all those issues. I spoke on the national stage um, on uh, Fox, Fox News television multiple times, uh, railing against this horrific uh, cash bail reform law. I mean, supposed reform, but frankly, all it does is embolden criminals, where criminals get paid and uh, law-abiding Americans get screwed. And that's, that's just not helping all of us. And frankly, I mean, I saw it last year, too. And that's, that's why I stepped up. Last year, when you saw the water diving attacks on our police, that sense of disrespect. You know, I introduced legislation and joined with all the police unions uh, across New York City and Long Island on the steps of City Hall, condemning the anti-police rhetoric, condemning uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio, and championing this legislation that says, no, we're going to criminalize. If you wish to throw buckets of water on our law enforcement, our correctional officers, you uh, disrespect them like that. You're going to be hit with a felony because it's just wrong. And it's just in this time that we had people step it up and show our side of the our side and our point of view that we back the blue. You know, I was thinking of this as you were talking about with de Blasio and whatnot. And, and I asked you about the the Peter King, iconic King, hanging him up. And uh, John Flanagan's hanging him up as well, uh, Mike, uh, on Sunday, last day, I do believe he's he's taking a new position and. You know, again, I kind of accentuate what appears to me, at least, to be the frustration as far as that that voice, you know, the Flanagan voice. You know, he's had enough for whatever reasons. You know, he wants to kind of move on, endeavors uh, in other places. Uh, what, I'm just curious, within the confines of the chamber and everything else, the the battling of sides here, what was your take on the, the resignation, uh, and rather quickly, as far as John Flanagan was concerned, the, yeah, Senate, was, the, was, the minority was, leader, by the way. Go ahead. Yeah, no, exactly. The minority leader of the state Senate. So he was our uh, fellow colleagues across the uh, the hall on the third floor in the Senate chamber. You know, as I said, I'm, on the, I'm in the state assembly. Uh, that was quite a surprise. I, I was shocked to see that. I know we have a, a new leader. Uh, I believe it's Senator Rob Ort. I wish him the best in uh, leading the state Senate, or the state Senate Republican forward, and hopefully with the majority. And I just hope that, uh, you know, especially with Long Island, you know, we have many state Senate seats that we now have to return back into Republican hands in order to, uh, to, ha- to flip the Senate back to Republican control. And it's going to take all of us as uh, Republicans really getting out the vote this coming November to ensure that happens. And I believe that in order for that to occur, you know, people need to be energized about us. People need to be energized about and excited about Republicans. Do they feel confident? that the Republicans uh, will step up in the state level. And I believe that it really starts uh, from the top down as a, as a leader, where as a congressman, as my next goal, and my, uh, that's what the hope is after tomorrow, as we become the Republican nominee for Congress over in the New York, too, is that we can provide that leading voice to energize the public, to energize the people. Because now more than ever, you need to have an extreme amount of energy to continue battling with the left-wing the left, the left mob 
that uh, goes and attacks you. Because if you say anything against them, they will go after you. So you have to have energy to persevere. And in my opinion, what I stand by, my values, my principles, my courage, uh, I've demonstrated that time and time again. And now, in my opinion, persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. And I'm ready to lead by action and lead by example so that we can carry and, and bring out the base, bring out Long Islanders, so that we ultimately flip the Senate and hopefully uh, flip the House this fall. But it starts with this seat, New York 2, keeping it in Republican hands. Uh, believe it or not, we have spoken about the primary for a long time. It's coming upon us uh, as of tomorrow. You know, City 2 is such a great district, Nassau and the Suffolk counties. Uh, Nassau and the Suffolk, we know, Mike, Southern Tier. Um, it, it's such a wonderful district. And, you know, we get a lot of feedback as far as what irks people. And we've had a lot of folks on, as you know, uh, and and they want to be able to make a living. You know, they want to be able to feel comfortable from an economic sense. What what would you do to restore the confidence as far as Absolutely. the resident? You're in, you're on the national stage. You know, you're kind of you're going to be wearing a couple of different hats here. People have been leaving this state, have been leaving Long Island. They don't want to leave here. They don't want to see their kids leave here. We know about Absolutely. the jobs and everything, but you got to have jobs here, too. But what, what about restoring the confidence as far as the pockets, dollars, and cents to the fine residents of your district and all districts here on the island? Yeah, so, I mean, listen, as a Republican, I believe strong families create strong communities and a better nation. And so, plain and simple, we need an economy that empowers people to get married, to have children, to buy homes. But unfortunately, too many people are falling short of achieving those dreams. Because marriage and children are expensive, but frankly, a necessity for society. So not only you have to have an economic revival. So right off the bat, you know, with Congress, what I want to do is I want to actually have a re- an economic rebirth. Passing legislation providing for all administrative agencies to waive federal regulations that impose a burden on American businesses. Allow our businesses to uh, reduce costs, assist in economic recovery, increase private sector employment opportunities in the United States. But in the same side, you also have to understand that not everybody is made for college. Not everybody is made to follow the same pathway. So what we have to do is adopt more apprenticeship programs as well that give young people real-world skills that can move them straight to the job market at an early age without the heavy cost college to bring, uh, brings them. We should, offer, we should also offer additional tax incentives to middle-class Americans who want to get married and have children. You know, frankly, what I want to institute is women who are married with, and have more than two children should have their income taxes waived. I want to provide tax subsidies for those families and their uh, family purchases, such as, like, large vehicles or carriages, things like that. If you could write off uh, for corporations, you can do tax write-offs. Why can't you do tax write-offs for family uh, purchases, things that are going to help your family prosper? So that's what I want to push. You know, obviously, you can have you reinstate the salt tax deductions, but you need to do more. You need to be more innovative, be more uh, creative. You need to be more clever. You can't just follow same talking points. Of course, reinstate false tax deductions, but people want more. You know, and that's where I come down to, and that's what I'm about is new ideas, fresh ideas, uh, fresh energy that's going to bring to the House of Representatives to continue pushing this narrative, you know, standing by those Republican values and principles, standing by uh, our United States Constitution, frankly. I mean, I'm the only candidate here that's NRA endorsed with an A rating because I stood by our constitutional principles and protected our Second Amendment rights. You know, my opponent voted to strip our right to bear arms without due process in this race. I mean, for me, that's pivotal. And the people of the, of the South Shore, they want to know that they're going to have someone that's going to protect them, that's going to step up, get them back to work, that's going to step up and 
be a leader to encourage work, to encourage businesses thriving and prospering. And that's for me, Jay, that's what I'm all about. Mm. And uh, and they've responded, right? You got a lot of feedback, I am sure. You know, listen, this is kind of a an unprecedented time as far as the electoral process is concerned. You know, the shaking the hands over at the uh, Seaford radio station, uh, sorry, radio sta- train station or train stations involved. I got radio stations on my brain right now. But uh, yeah. in, in, in essence, you know, it's kind of a different way of doing things here, right, Mike? You know, you, you're not kind of going in and around as far as, you know, get, getting a grip and everything else as far as the arm and the hand. Uh, there's, a, there's a mailer uh, process and everything else. You being on the show today certainly enlightens people of what's going on, but it's kind of a different way of doing things, right, during this whole campaign process for you. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is unique. But for me, I, you know, I reach out to people in multiple venues, whether it be uh, in the mail, whether it be on social media. I mean, people can follow my page, Assemblyman Mike LaPetri on Facebook. Uh, you can see me on Instagram, Mike LaPetri, Twitter as well, the Mike LaPetri. So I'm, I, I'm accessible all on social media uh, as well as on the phones. I've been reaching out to hundreds of businesses, thousands of constituents and uh, prospective voters I've spoken to personally, hear from them firsthand. I mean, one of the big things I've spoken to, to with constituents is during this time, if you recall, a month ago, people were saying, oh, we need uh, PPE, and yet we, were getting, we had away from China. I mean, one of the things in Long Island is we got to bring back manufacturing. We can't depend on China. we got to look at COVID-19, and we can't, we can't make PPE because we don't have any manufacturers. So for me, it's about making sure we're self-sufficient now on this island, and that's another mechanism where I want to bring back jobs, bring back employment for our communities to help us prosper. And let us not, Jay, I mean, I know we're going to be summing up soon, and let me, just, let me just say we can't forget our veterans. You know, I come from a family of veterans. My grandfather served in the Korean War. Great uncle served World War II. I'm part of the Sons of Amvest post 88, and that's why you saw me really recognize, uh, be out there last Wednesday, recognizing Sergeant Amato uh, for all her work. She's a fantastic hero. And, uh, you know, for me, it's about making sure we step up for our veterans. I've done it uh, at the state level, restoring uh, mental health funding for our veterans, uh, stepping up, providing uh, for our Gold Star families, and being the leading voice across the state on, uh, on statewide media uh, alongside President Trump to uh, provide free college tuition goes to our families. And you also have, I mean, especially on the federal level, I mean, you have to be there for our VA. You have to be there for our vets, whether it be uh, ensuring that working hard to get that Vietnam veterans liver fluke cancer study bill out, uh, whether it be auditing, uh, ensuring, excuse me, not auditing, but ensuring uh, better health care and accountability for our veterans of the VA system. You know, with the new uh, time or new age of veterans coming out now, we have to provide a healthcare delivery system uh, that adapts to our new veterans in, in the 21st century. So it's just constantly, I mean, as you say, I wear multiple hats as a congressman, but I've done it as a state legislator, and I'm going to keep doing it now uh, as the people's next federal representative. And it all starts tomorrow, June 23rd. Polls are open, your usual 6 a.m. to 9 p.m., and we have to make sure we get people out there to vote Republican Michael Petrie for Congress uh, tomorrow, June 23rd. And, Mike, I'll ask you this. Uh, you know, the numbers indicate that uh, people, uh, you know, are mailing them in and big numbers. That's a good thing. Different times, as we mentioned, we implore people, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is a different field this year. Uh, you can't sit on your hands any longer. I've, yeah. said, I've yeah. stated this all along. There is nothing uh, to complain about if you don't go vote. It is so important this year, especially with all 
uh, that's gone uh, in and around. Do you get you get that feel as well? Do you get the feel that people yeah. uh, are caring a little bit more? Give me, yeah, give me your I thoughts think that there. What they're, see- what they're seeing out there, they just need to have a voice. And voter apathy just cannot happen anymore. You have to get involved. If you want to see a change, just like I said, if you want to make a difference, you got to get involved. Well, guess what? If you want to make a difference, you got to go to the polls tomorrow. you got to get out there and say, I want LePetri in there because this is our guy. This is our boy that's actually going to get things done. This is our boy that's not afraid to shake things up. This is our man that's going to be our representative for us and say like it is and do what needs to be done. So we now, now more than ever, we need the people to make sure their voices are heard and you do it by at the ballot box. Great to spend a couple of minutes with you. We wish you the best of luck. We will follow your trek, and uh, we await the result. And uh, you know you always have a platform on the show. Jay, thank you so much, buddy. Great to be here again.